Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. What's driving the conversation in California today? Every weekday at this time, we explore a topic that's making news in our state. This is the State of California. Good afternoon. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS political reporter, host of the State of California, along with Patty Rising. Well, California voters are already casting their ballots, including on a major statewide measure on mental health, Proposition 1. Yeah, that's the bond measure put forth by the governor, placed on the ballot by the legislature. It would authorize more than $6 billion in bonds to build more treatment treatment facilities for people with mental health and substance abuse issues. It would also shift money from the counties to the state for the same purpose. It's a centerpiece of the governor's plan to address homelessness more aggressively to help solve the shortage of beds and treatment slots for people on the streets with substance abuse disorders and mental illness. Last week, we spoke on this program with Sacramento Mayor Daryl Steinberg, one of the proponents of Prop 1. He's the author of the original law that it would amend. And today, for an opposing point of view, we're joined live on the KCBS Ring Central Newsline by Claire Courtright. She is the policy director at Cal Voices. That's a nonprofit based in Sacramento. That's a chapter of the National Mental Health Association, which addresses mental illness. Thank you so much for being with us. All right, so polls show most California voters are in favor of Prop 1, reforming this system, pumping more money into it. Why should they vote no instead? Oh, that's a great question. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I think one of the reasons it might be polling the way it is is that people don't understand it. You know, there's been some glossy ads and and a slogan, treatment not tense. But if you look at your ballot, it's um, the actual proposed statute is 69 pages. Um, So you have to ask yourself, you know, what is it that I don't know about it? Um, In terms of why we're in an opposed position to it, it's mostly because of severe funding cuts to the Mental Health Services Act uh, funding components that fund mental health services for the most severely mentally ill. Um, The MHSA funds services for only for adults and children and their families with serious mental illness. And the way that Prop 1 carves up that funding um, uh, requires counties to shift what they spend money on and shift money out of mental health services for the most severely mentally ill. So when you look at that cut, I mean, what happens when that money goes away? Well, that's the that, that's the question. And, and one of the things that makes it difficult to answer is MHSA funding has very few restrictions and it's flexible on the county level. So counties have very different programming across the state. And then there are, uh, you know, so there's just sort of the across the board shift of funding out 
of services, but then there's also complicating factors like whether the counties are using that MHSA funding as the, their contribution of 50 cents on the dollar um, for a, Medi- a Medi-Cal service um, where the federal government throws in 50 cents, because if that's what you're doing with your MHSA money, then when you don't have the match for Medi-Cal anymore, you're not losing 50 cents of funding, you're losing a dollar and you're losing some Medi-Cal services. So it will greatly vary from county to county across the state. Given how many people are still struggling with homelessness and mental health issues, clearly the money coming from the counties is not enough. So why not try to uh, fix this law to, to get more money into, this, into the pipeline? Well, um, I, I find the question slightly confusing because Prop 1 does not increase any Mental Health Services Act funding, right? It doesn't, it doesn't increase the 1% tax on incomes over a million dollars that is the revenue source for MHSA. Um, there is the bond, and we can talk about the bond and what's in that. That is um, permanent supportive housing and um, clinical treatment beds. And the controversy with the bond is whether those clinical treatment beds are going to be voluntary mental health and SUD treatment beds or if they're going to be locked um, uh, mental health and SUD treatment beds to support um, other laws that passed last year that allow for that to happen in California. So that's sort of the controversy with the bond and what what is happening there. But in terms of the MHSA side of it, no, there's no new funding. Let me ask you a question that, that is more broadly phrased, and that is, what did we get wrong the first time around? Why has mentally ill-driven homelessness spiraled out of control, despite a lot of people's best intentions and big investments the state has made so far? That's a great question. And I think one of the things that people need to understand is that for the folks with the most severe mental illness, they have no social safety net, right? The only benefits, the public benefits they can get is out of the federal system. It's Social Security Disability or Social Security Supplemental Income. SSI is $914 a month. And for a lot of our folks, right, um, medications are not going to restore them to the point where they can be financially self-supporting. So they're really stuck, right? It's really a situation where either the state is going to commit to housing them and all of them, or they, they just don't have any way to do it themselves, even if they have benefits. So, I mean, that's sort of one of the issues with looking at homelessness you know, through a treatment lens, um, you know, unfortunately taking antipsychotic medications doesn't cause a house to go around you, right? So they're really the sort of the treatment aspect of it and the housing aspect of it. They're just, you can't mash them together. Yeah, there's no doubt. Most people who are homeless on the street are there for economic reasons, not because of mental illness or substance abuse. But even so, we also know that we do need more beds and treatment slots in the state. And you mentioned the bond measure, which would lead to billions of dollars being borrowed to create that. So without that funding for Prop 1, where would that money come from? I mean, how do you feel about borrowing all that money to, to, to complete that component? Wow, that's a, it's, it's another really great question. Um, you know, I will say on the mental health, like the uh, the the psychiatric hospital beds, right? There's this orthodoxy that we don't have enough. But for people that have worked boots on the ground in the system like me, and I used to represent folks for years, thousands of people um, who are on involuntary psychiatric holds in our hospitals, you don't, you don't get the, uh, the qualitative side of the story, right? Why are people in these beds? They're in these beds because they can't access outpatient mental health care. They just need a doctor's appointment, get a med adjustment while they're going sideways. But because they can't get that, they end up in hospital beds. And then we've got a lot of folks in hospital beds on mental health holds, but 
you know, the court system gets to determine if that hold was justified. And if I'm winning hearings, you know, at a rate of, you know, about 20% on a two-week hold and 26% on a 30-day hold, you're misusing your beds. Um, you know, the other issue is that we have a lot of conserved folks and the state has nowhere to put them. So we've got conserved folks taking up a ton of hospital beds in the state who are living in these mental hospitals, sometimes for years. So you really can't just look at it quantitatively. You have to look at it qualitatively and say, how are we using the beds that we have now? Let's fix those problems. And then you go back and ask, do we even have a bed capacity shortage at all? I think you probably don't. I have some reasons for thinking that. But then, you know, for the substance use treatment, absolutely, we lack rehab beds. But we, we don't want those beds to be locked. We want them to be voluntary because we're sort of blaming folks for, you know, not um, – not attending to their substance use disorder, but the reality is they have no access to voluntary rehabilitation beds. We just don't have them. And so, you know, we would really like to see a commitment from the governor that with this $4.34 billion over which he has discretion to either build locked beds or build unlocked beds, we'd really like him to commit to not using that money for locked beds. But so far, you know, there has been no commitment from the administration about how much of that money is going into these forced first models versus the voluntary beds that, that we don't have and we want. Well, obviously, we could talk about this for an hour, but I'm afraid that's all the time we have for it today. But thank you so much for your point of view. Claire Courtright, Policy Director at Cal Voices, talking about Proposition 1, which may be a little more complicated than the treatment, not tent slogan that you hear. It's on your ballot right now as you consider voting, uh, getting ready for that March 5th primary. You can hear the state of California every weekday at 3.30 p.m. It's also available on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. You'll find me on Twitter at Sovereign Nation. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 